the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. The American consumer is in a precarious state right now. So to try to convince people, and you know, you would think they would have learned their lesson last year. This, you know, we're almost at the one year anniversary of the infamous tweet by the White House. Uh, saying that you know that your your July Fourth cookout uh, cost sixteen cents less than it did last year, <laughs> and what I what I loved just in the anniversary of that was how absurd it seemed last year. But it's a reminder that we were already facing inflation last July; it was already beginning, uh, and now one year later, we're seeing what is turning into hyperinflation. We're getting there. When you have gas prices, I don't know about in your neighborhood, in your street, but I mean, around me, I've seen uh, multiple days in the last two weeks where gas prices are raised twice in a day. You know, you drive by in the morning, you've seen it go up from the night before, you go by in the afternoon, it's up again. I've seen that day after day. So we've just been going up and up and up. So the misery level behind this and the idea that, well, you know, if gas prices get high enough, you'll be forced to buy an electric car. And we even and, have a clip later tonight, Brian, with the, the White House press secretary saying that the, they're following the Biden administration's plan. They have no end, no matter what the pain is right now, no end to completely transitioning into this green new energy while the American people suffer. And the problem is, the problem is, uh, is that even if that's your policy, that's something that you have to do gradually over a period of 10 or 20 years. You don't just do it overnight because you took power. And now, you know, because the problem is the infrastructure was not in place to make that transition. That's something that is going to occur over decades. They tried to make it happen over weeks or months. And so to the point where things aren't being delivered to stores because the you know, the truck drivers can't afford, you know, remember they have to, they have to fill up their tank every time it goes on their own credit card. These guys are paying now what, $1,500, $2,000 to fill up their tank. Sure. And diesel's uh, even more deliver, expensive right now than regular. Yeah. Yeah. So to deliver those goods to you and in certain parts of the country, they're, they're close to shortages in the East coast. Uh, the diesel stocks have been extremely low. There aren't enough refiners anymore, not enough refining capacity. So to just say, well, you can all drive electric cars now. Well, first of all, uh, electric trucks, uh, there are only a few of them. They're basically prototypes so far. There are only a handful of them that are made, not made in any real quantity so far. And that's years away. The technology is not really perfected on that. There's several startups looking into that. It might be great down the road. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But to just say, you know, we're going to just choke you off of diesel. We're just going to choke you off of natural gas. Uh, and, and also, you know, your regular, you know, your good old regular unleaded gasoline because we're transitioning. And what's interesting, who's the energy secretary? Jennifer Granholm, 
who was one of the worst governors Michigan ever had. I mean, the ineptitude of the cabinet that Biden has put together, it's absolutely incredible. And how, I think, tone deaf they are to the concerns that the average American has. Uh, when you're looking at and going into a period where, you know, am, will I be able to afford, uh, you know, will I be able to afford the basics? Or if I can't afford them, will they be on the shelf? Will be, I be able to get whatever it is that we're out of this week? And, and I don't know if you heard today, Noah, but we're talking about now uh, that, oh, the, the, <laughs> the formula factory was flooded. <laughs> the baby formula. I mean, what now? It's uh, like, it goes from literally, Brian, one crisis to the next, to the next, yeah. to the next. Well, it's, it's fishy, and it's not about – you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to, uh, to wonder what's going on. When you see the pictures of the 2,000 cattle – uh, you know, that died in Kansas and the news media portraying this as well, you know, it was the heat and humidity. Well, it's hot and humid there every June in it's Kansas. Nothing new. And by the way, yeah, the temperatures there are pretty normal right now. There's nothing, and you know, these are fattened cattle uh, and they all drop dead. And we're supposed to accept that as the explanation. Why? I mean, to me, I, you know, again, start asking questions. What is it with all of the fires and explosions and whatever else affecting food processing facilities? What's going on? You don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to wonder. And when you see that translate into items missing from the shelf or at prices you can't afford, uh, conspiracy theories become conspiracy fact. It's either a whole lot of coincidences out there or there's some kind of effort to just eliminate and annihilate all of us and where that's coming from. And too I have many things line up, Brian. You do too. Yeah. No, that's it. I, I, there's, just, there's just too many little things that make it to where, okay, we don't have this, we don't have that. And so what do we need? Oh, we need help from the government. That's what they need. It, it's trying to expand that dependency class. Well, I think you're absolutely right, but the problem is, is that they're not offering any of the answers or the solutions. No, like with the very, fuel, very they, you know, even if it were temporary, you would think if they really cared about the American people, all they would have to do, okay, you know what, we really don't want to turn back on the Keystone, Keystone Pipeline on a permanent basis, but we are going to open it temporarily because the American people are suffering. That's a solution. Well, and, and that's it. So they've been slow to even recognize these problems. Uh, as they come about. And one of the issues with the White House was with the baby formula shortage. I mean, it had been already going on for several weeks before anybody in the White House would even acknowledge it. So, I mean, if they had gotten on it three or four weeks earlier, um, I don't think they could have averted this completely. But and remember, it was a government-imposed shutdown, an FDA shutdown that affected that baby formula uh, plant in the first place over what turned out to be misguided fears of bacteria in the baby formula that ended up uh, in the babies that got sick, it ended up not being from that formula. So that's why the factory was shut down and retooled. So that's part of how we got there. So everywhere you turn, when you see one of these issues propping up, the government either caused it or is exacerbating it or ignoring it, uh, or certainly not providing any answers or any solutions. So that's where we're at right now. And but, I mean, how much worse can this get? And I want to talk in particular, one of the things we're going to get into is what's going on with stocks right now, because this is also a crisis of not only 
the Federal Reserve's making, but also the White House's, because when you see stocks tanking, there is a, a direct tie-in to November's election, and you need to understand how we got there and why that's going on. Yeah, if there people haven't opened particular... their 401k in a while, and I am guilty of it as well, Brian, I would do so right now. You're going to find things that say, you know what, time to contact my financial planner. Well, exactly, exactly. So we're going to want to get your thoughts on this and everything else. one 344 1170 That's 1-888-344-1170. We're also going to be talking about Civil War on the Right that's sponsored by the left, a new column by Ann Coulter. We're going to pick apart and get your theories uh, and reactions to as well. So all that more coming up as we continue the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. We have to do grow more here in the U.S., though. We, because we don't need to do that. What we need them to do is, with the oil that's out there, we need the, to, them to refine that oil so that, so that prices, so that the capacity could go up and then prices would go down, okay, inherently yeah. go down. Yeah. And so, I know the president once said that he was going to end fossil fuel. Is that now off the table? No, we are going to continue uh, to move forward with our uh, clean energy uh, proposal, our climate change uh, and, and so proposal. So, again, you can't do all of that without the alternatives in place. And this is what has caused, I think, uh, we're coming into an economic collapse in this country. And uh, it's almost entirely of the federal government's making and with some help of a few state governments as well. This is the Andrea K. Show with Brian Maloney filling in on The Answer San Diego, FM 96.1, AM 1170, and also taking your phone calls tonight at one 344 1170 That's 1-888-344-1170. And so, yeah, we've been talking about the, and it's incredible how much of an effort that has been made to distract you from the day-to-day reality of your life, even though you can't be distracted from it because you're trying to fill your gas tank to get to work, uh, or you're trying to figure out how you're going to figure out your retirement now that your 401k has lost a third of its value, maybe half of its value, depends on what you were in, what you were doing. We're going to be talking about that more, uh, how it is that you can't find products on the shelf that, you know, until a year or two ago, we never had problems like that. I realized we had brief problems like that at the beginning of COVID, sure. But, you know, when you're two years into COVID and some of the issues are larger than they were then, uh, and, and they're really for inexcusable reasons now, uh, it's time to, you know, to ask tough questions. One of the things, so I'm looking at the headlines tonight, and I can't believe the extent to which the media is trying to distract us with ridiculous, silly, non-stories to get your attention. I think that's what's really going on here. There is a deflection strategy underway. They're going to try to do this all the way through to November, but it's not going to work because you're feeling the pain. When the individual is feeling that pain, these stories, you know, they might capture your attention for a minute or two, and then it's back to the misery. I mean, there is an environment, especially economically, well, and socially, in terms of public safety, crime. I mean, you know, there is complete misery across America right now. I've never seen it this bad before because we've never had such a confluence of things going on all at once. And we've had one or two of these things before, 
but we're having everything hit at once. And every day you wake up and you wonder what's going to be next. And you know, it'll be something. We never seem to have a day without another crazy story. As we mentioned a few minutes ago, you know, the 2000 dead cattle in Kansas. And if you've seen the pictures, it's really, really disturbing. And the excuses that the media is giving do not make any sense. You know, heat and humidity and the conditions in Kansas are pretty normal for this time of year. What, what these farm animals would be experiencing any other year in June uh, and where you would not have this kind of thing going on. So, but yeah, so I'm looking at these headlines and this is the kind of stupid, you know what, uh, that they're trying to get our attention. Let me just read a few of them. Just, you know, maybe you've already heard about some of this stuff. Um, Enraged Tom Hanks loses it on fan, but nearly knocked over his wife. That's been all over the news today. And there's a picture of angry Tom Hanks with a scowl on his face. And I don't know what, I haven't seen the video or whatever, because, you know, I've got better things to do. But that's, that's competing for your attention. Here's another story. New York Post. Um, Pete Davidson, who is the biggest weirdo on the planet, uh, is dating this, you know, Kim Kardashian or whatever, and jokes about seeing her whatever i won't even say i mean that's the news story okay uh let's see uh what else um yeah oh it's uh, it yeah you know what some of this stuff i can't even read on the air but it just we are being we are being distracted with insanity and stupidity uh and and this is going to continue so I mean, at, we're at the point now where are you even able to watch the news anymore are you even able to turn it on uh, and, and be able to tolerate it anymore, because I've got to say, I mean, one of the best things that I did, and I used to be a voracious consumer of news, television in particular news, and now I never have it on. I haven't had it on in a long time. Uh, you know, these cable talk shows, whether they're on one side or the other, most of them, I'm just not watching anymore. And I'm telling you, your blood pressure is lower as a result. I mean, it's a healthier thing to do. So the bottom line here is, though, I, it's a question of focus. How do you keep people focused between now and what should be the most consequential uh, elections that we've had? I know people say that every election cycle. This is the most important election ever. But it really is, Brian, because every single American <laughs> is being impacted is. unless you're, you know, filthy rich. Uh, uh, unfortunately... The Republicans, I just don't see them going out there and hammering these issues day after day after day, saying if in the elections coming up in November, if you vote Democrat, what you are voting for is more of the same. They're not saying that enough. Well, and that's that's exactly it. So this is the problem that we have. So we have Democrats trying to deflect away from the misery that they've caused, hoping that you won't notice, which will not work. And we have Republicans completely unable to focus on any of these themes uh, and and communicate them in any effective way, and they don't seem to be trying either. And yet, despite all of that, uh, we are still seeing when you have a special election or you have a primary election, we're seeing results that are mind-boggling because people are dying for an alternative. I and mean, when you see what happened in South Texas on Tuesday, where you have a young woman, a Republican elected to a district, a young uh, Latina woman, you know, elected to a district that hadn't gone for a Republican in 140 years where that, and I, you know, whether it was a special election or not, the bottom line is Democrats would have always won that 
seat by default without anybody even having to lift a finger for over a century. And that is also a congressional district that is over 80% Hispanic. So you have different groups. What I find interesting also, so you've had the district attorney in San Francisco recalled, far left radical. Who did the legwork? Who did all the work to get him recalled? Asian Americans based in Chinatown did all the work, all the campaigning, all the organizing. I mean, I can't say 100%, but the vast majority. Same group that was responsible for the recall of school board extremists from San Francisco in the previous election just months earlier. So what I'm saying is there are groups out there who aren't waiting for the Republicans to get their you-know-what together uh, and get focused and get organized. There are groups out there that are taking it upon themselves to make change because they're fed up. They're saying, wait, you know, in San Francisco, they're saying, wait, you're, you're telling me that my kids can't get into this school or that because of their ethnicity? Is that right? I mean, and you're saying that the streets can't be safe because we have a district attorney that seems to love criminals and hate victims. You're saying that's we're stuck with that? Um, you know, and so, so that's the people in neighborhoods saying, I can't live like this anymore. I had dreams for my children to go to a great school in, in the city that they can't get into now because somebody decided they were of the wrong you know, Brian, I, I think Republicans could win on protecting American families alone and what they're doing to our kids in, in the schools. I mean, that is a huge issue that affects just about everybody, and you're not hearing enough about it. Again, if they picked that issue and maybe one other, they would win. Well, and that's it. You really only need to pick two or three issues. Uh, and and this, So we're going to get into this a little bit later, by the way, because there's an article in Newsmax tonight about Trump asking for equal time on his election fraud claims. We're going to talk about that later because we're going to talk about what you need to do to win an election in the first place, the kind of focus that's needed. Because I think, you know, we can talk about fraud or whatever, and you can have – an opinion somebody else could have a different opinion but the bottom line here uh is and it's quite simple is that an unfocused campaign is not going to win uh and i've talked about this when i've been a guest in andrea's show before and you know we're not seeing that focus going into november by republicans does kevin mccarthy want to win i, I don't know that he wants to win and I don't know that Republicans really want to be in charge. They like being in minority party because they still get most of the lobbying money. They still get all the perks of Washington, but they don't have to be blamed for anything. All they have to do is vote no on something sometimes. And oftentimes they're voting with the Democrats on things. Uh, and they love that it's easy. They're not a target. They're not in the firing line or whatever. So I don't think they really want power. Uh, and so that's why you're not seeing the enthusiasm, but the people are desperate for change. They're seeing the country unravel. They're seeing it break into pieces uh, and they can't continue like this. So we're going to continue to get into all this. We have a guest coming up in the next hour. I'm going to be talking about as well coming up. But this civil war on the right sponsored by the left and with Ann Coulter right in the middle of it. We'll be getting to that. one 1170 That's one 1170 Would love to have you join us tonight as yours truly, Brian Maloney, fills in for Andrea Kay tonight on The Answer San Diego. You're listening to The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. And the thing is, is the, the releasing 
barrels of oil from the strategic petroleum reserve. We've watched oil prices rise. So why does the federal government continue to deplete a strategic resource, which is not supposed to be used for this purpose anyway? It's not supposed to be released just because gas prices have gone up or oil prices have gone up as well. So this is the Andrea K show with Brian Maloney filling in tonight on the answer San Diego FM 96.1 AM 1170 and taking your calls as well tonight at one 1170 guests coming up the next hour. We're going to get into in a bit one 1170 If you want to chime in on any of this stuff, just jump in. If it was something we talked about a few minutes ago, we'll go back to it, which it's perfectly fine. So I happen to be a nerd about polls. Uh, I like to dig into them, and, you know, a lot of them are unreliable. Some of them are worth looking at. I always dig into the methodology, the numbers behind them, to see what should I be paying attention to and what should I not. Um, and, you know, you can find a poll that matches your own beliefs usually. But I have to say, in this particular year, most of the polls, are just they're devastating for Democrats. I mean, devastating. You look at it. This is not just pollsters uh, traditionally considered to be affiliated with conservatives, but university pollsters, network polls. I mean, those that are absolutely connected to the left have been trying to sound the alarm. Hey, you know, they're trying to tell their own side things are not looking very good. But I am struck in particular by a USA Today poll, and I don't, you know, the reliability of this, I don't know. But there's an important point to be made here. So we were told that in the Pennsylvania Senate race, this is what the talking heads on Fox told us, this is what the Republican so-called leadership told us. We were lectured about this, that it was imperative that Dr. Oz be nominated uh, as the Republican in the U.S. Senate race for the open seat in Pennsylvania, that it was absolutely critical because Oz was the one that could win for reasons that continue to completely escape me. Other than the fact that he's somewhat famous, the case for Oz has never been made. He certainly isn't conservative. Um, I don't know that he's liberal. It's kind of hard to tell on some issues. He's got baggage, baggage, baggage. Now we're stuck with him. But here is a USA Today poll, brand new, brand spanking new. Pennsylvania Senate, Oz versus Fetterman. Fetterman is the Democrat nominee. So guess what? Fetterman is nine points ahead in the poll. So any year where many of the other polls show Republicans in the lead, Oz is nine points behind Fetterman. So, so this is what we were told that we had to do to win that seat. You know, maybe another poll will show it closer. But I'm asking every day, what is the case for Dr. Oz? Just because somebody, you know, host on Fox is buddies with him or whatever, uh, does not mean that the voters of Pennsylvania are going to go. See how out of touch people are. It's not just Democrats in Washington. It's both parties. It's people on the coast, the coastal elites, the media elites, even the people that are supposedly conservative or whatever. It's the same problem. Anybody sitting in there, you know, in the confines of their office, making whatever, $20 million a year, hosting a show on Fox, thinking that Dr. Oz is in touch with the people, is just mistaken, flat out wrong. So maybe Oz squeaks by. See, even if a Dr. Oz wins in November, 
he is going to immediately join the Mitt Romney caucus, right? I mean, he is immediately going to join the most liberal wing of the Republican Party along Susan Collins in Maine. They're going to have a little club. So that's the best scenario in that. So how does that sound to you? You know, it's, it's like every angle this thing stinks to high heaven. And then you get a poll showing that what we were told up and down, the Oz was polling really, really well. And if he could just win the primary, you've got it made in November. And I think you and I, all of us knew all because we talked about it with Andrea on the show, you know, where is the groundswell of support for this guy? Where was it ever? So that's something else. Now it's interesting. So also Pennsylvania governor, the Republican in that race is also behind, but only by four points. So he is, uh, so the Republican who is not famous in Pennsylvania is out polling Dr. Oz by five points. So maybe this is a liberal skewing poll. Maybe it is, maybe not. I don't know. But the bottom line here is, are we tired of listening to the establishment tell us what they think is, is the correct way to go when it turns out that our gut instinct was correct all along? So now, so here's another poll. So this is really interesting. This is also brand new. Quinnipiac University, uh, it, Abbott versus Beto O'Rourke, Robert O'Rourke, you know, Beto he calls himself Beto. I don't know how he still gets away with that, whatever. He has no Hispanic ethnic background whatsoever, zero. But he calls himself Beto, and, and the media just lets it slide, whatever. So, you know, after he pulled that stunt uh, at the governor's, you know, in front of the governor speaking, you recall a few weeks ago, the question was, you know, did that help or hurt Beto O'Rourke in the polling? And I think that the verdict is at least in on the first poll here because Greg Abbott, who who is kind of a do-nothing Republican governor, kind of a bump-on-a-log governor, who I don't think is very strong as a leader. He's just kind of marginal, weak Republican, is polling five points ahead of O'Rourke. I think that's an improvement over the last poll that I saw, which was closer to a couple points. Now, consider that after having had a boatload and a half of Californians moving to Texas, to the suburbs of Dallas-Fort Worth, to, the, to uh, Austin, I mean, pretty much taking over Austin, and, and even other cities in Texas. That's after having an enormous number of people from not just California, but states, uh, many, many blue states pouring into Texas for what was considered to be a higher quality of life. I just, I don't know if that still exists after the influx of new residents and the prices going up and everything else. But so that, so when you consider that, that the electorate has changed, because when we talk about some of these states where the population changes rapidly, you have a, a, almost a different population voting each election cycle. We were talking about Nevada the other night with Andrea. And I was mentioning how, you know, every two years, so many new people are moving into Nevada that anybody that ran for office 10 or 20 years ago is, is running in front of a brand new group of people because people are moving in, moving out constantly. And there, there's not much memory for a candidate. You know, there are some states where people don't move in, in and out that often. Uh, a Maine or a Vermont or a, you know, a Dakota or something, you know, I mean, there's plenty of states where you don't have that movement and a person who has a name that's been out there for 20 years or whatever, they'll still be remembered. 
So that, so to me, what that shows is that Beto O'Rourke's stunt in front of the governor when he was speaking in the aftermath of the Valley shooting uh, did not work. In fact, it looked yeah, it was like classless, he lost about What's that? I said it was classless. Well, it was classless, but it looks like according to this poll, and that's a very liberal university behind that poll. So this is not a poll from, you know, Rasmussen or whatever else that you might point to and say, oh, that's a, you know, right-wing pollster or whatever. It's nothing like that. Uh, so it looks like he lost about three points on that. So that's where that went. Um, you know, so we've been talking about what the Republicans need to do between now and November. And the thing that I always come back to was in 1994, and you could hate Newt Gingrich or love him or, or be ambivalent. It doesn't matter how you feel about him now. But what he did, what he engineered in 1994 was incredibly successful. You're talking about the contract he, for America. Yeah. He put together a contract with America with a list of core positions that the party stood for. And you could either vote for it or vote against it. This, this is what we stand for. This is what we're going to do. And once elected, they did as much of things on that list as they could. I mean, it was well organized. It was simple. Uh, it was, you know, well communicated. At the time, we had a ton of talk radio out there uh, communicating that message. And it gave you a, an easy way to vote. You say, well, I support this. I oppose this, whatever. But at least you knew what somebody stood for for once. Uh, and that's what we do not have. Kevin McCarthy is not putting forward any sort of agenda uh, and I wonder, you know, what, why the Democrats aren't seizing on that a little more. I've heard them talk about it a little, but why not just say, hey, you know, we, you know, I mean, I don't think they're going to acknowledge their own horrible polling, but just to say, hey, the other side's not saying what they're going to do. Uh, and that's the point. If I were the Democrats, that's the point I would be making. And then why is it that nobody can get close enough to Kevin McCarthy, who is a feckless leader, um, a non-leader? And just say, why is it so hard for you to put together some core principles, some core issues, and run on those? What What is with this, uh, you know, doing nothing and sitting around? It's kind of like a Greg Abbott, just kind of like this re-elect me because I, I exist. It's not enough. It's not enough to pull in the kind of people who are desperate for a, a change and for an alternative. Uh, and then you have Mitch McConnell. As the Senate, whatever, my, I guess he's technically the minority leader right now. I've been in the Senate is split half and half. Uh, who is even worse than that? I mean, he is lost. And people say, well, he's a shrewd negotiator, so we have to keep him in there. I don't see any shrewd negotiating going on. So where is the strength there? We've been sick of this guy. We've been stuck with Mitch McConnell for decades. And I was tangling with that guy when I was working on some campaigns uh, in the 90s. And in the 90s, we were stuck with that guy because he controlled the U.S. Senate uh, purse strings for candidates, for Republican candidates. He was in charge of that, and he was uh, not not helpful. Let's put it that way. This is the Andrea K. Show. We'd love to hear from you tonight. 1-888-344-1170. That's 1-888-344-1170. Brian Maloney filling in. And let me just get into some of the other things because I'm going to just keep keep throwing things out at you. We're going to be talking about Republican civil war. Is it real or not? And who's behind it? That and a whole lot more. So stay tuned here on The Answer San Diego.
Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego. Yeah, where are those donuts? <laughs> I was told there would be donuts. It Nothing is the but Andrea fried K. chicken show. tonight, Brian. <laughs> fried chicken donuts. I mean, there's supposed to be a spread here for me when I'm filling in for Andrea. I don't see any of it. Yes, the Andrea K. Show and the Answer San Diego and. Uh, so I want to get into before I forget, cause I mean, it's real, I'm seeing so many people complaining about it and we're going to get your input on this at one triple eight, three, four, four, 1170, one And that is stocks because you know, it's misery on top of misery on top of more misery. That's what our lives are like in America. Now people are feeling immense pain as they go about their daily lives. We're seeing credit cards being jacked up. We're seeing data on this scary, scary. And you know, people are maxing out cards to try to afford the basics. Life has become unaffordable between taxes and, and inflation and everything else. There's just no way to get by anymore. So that's where people are at. And then if you have managed to save some money and you put it into stocks, now you're losing it there too at a rate that is shocking. Yeah, I like I said at the beginning of the show, Brian, I would highly advise, and I'm not a financial advisor, but check with your financial planner. At least open your 401k. I hadn't done it in a while, and people, I think, are going to be surprised at what they're going to find. Well, I think what happens in a period like this is that people don't. They've stopped looking at the numbers. They've stopped looking at their portfolios because they can't bear to face the losses. Because, you know, People have been saving their entire lives. And to see that in since basically the market peaked in November, has been down, 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 and it's really accelerated. And I want to talk about how this happened and why. And we'll probably spend more than just this segment right here. We'll probably get into it a bit more in the beginning of the next hour because it takes a little more explanation. But we had the NASDAQ down at one point over 500 points today, closed down 453, so down 4%. So yesterday the NASDAQ was actually up because so Wall Street – and the media, especially the financial media, which often has its own agenda that is not necessarily ours, uh, and when I mean ours, I mean that of investors, was pushing very, very hard to have Federal Reserve Chairman uh, Jay Powell, Jerome Powell, raise interest rates by 75 basis points, which is the first time that that's been done in 25 years. 75 basis points all at once is huge huge. Usually it's a quarter point, if anything. uh, And the Fed's been extremely reluctant to raise rates at all. They waited way too long uh, and inflation got way too out of hand. And the problem here is Jerome Powell, I think, is doing a terrible, terrible job. And he was originally Trump's nominee. He he came from Trump. But the problem here is that Biden renominated him and Democrats in the Senate uh, we're thrilled to have him serve another term because he does Washington's bidding. So this is all in the White House now. They could have picked somebody else, could have found somebody else, but they kept him. Uh, and it seems like his performance in the last year is worse than it was when Trump was president. This is one of the issues with Trump is the hiring vetting has been bad, bad, bad for a long, long time. This is one of the things that if he runs again, would have to be dramatically improved. And it's a whole other topic. But the point here is I want to talk about why they pushed for the 75 basis points, because where this really comes from, when you see the financial media pushing something so hard, you'd say, well, why do they care so much? 
What's it to them? Well, the answer is this came from the White House. This came from the Biden regime in the White House. They wanted 75 basis points. They have a calculation going on in their minds right now. And it isn't the craziest thing on the surface, but in practice, we're seeing it's a disaster. So what the philosophy is, what the thought here is, if the Fed jacks up interest rates very, very quickly now, uh, they can put a stop to inflation in time for the election and prices will have come down. There's a feeling in Washington that this inflation is temporary. You may have heard them use the term transitory. They like to throw around transitory, which is the economist's way of saying the prices won't stay this high. But you and I know, because we've been watching this, we know these prices aren't coming back down. We know they're not. I mean, we've seen them just go one way up, and there's no sign of any change in moderation whatsoever. So by raising 75 basis points, though, what the Biden White House has decided is we're willing to tank the stock markets in exchange for lowering inflation to save our skins in November's election. So every person out there with money in a 401k or however you're invested, you've been on the wrong side of that. You've been on the wrong side of the White House's intentional strategy of tanking the stock markets in exchange for the hope of taming inflation. And the bottom line is, I don't think these interest rate increases will tame inflation at all because they don't address the causes of the inflation in the first place. So we can talk about that more in the next hour, but I want you to just understand what's going on here because this is costing everyone a ton of money. 1-800-344-1170. The Answer to K Show continues with Brian Maloney on The Answer San Diego. Another hour to come. Don't miss it. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.